podcast welcome to my podcast <clears throat> uh, my name is Ethan Edward Sherritt and the name of this podcast is joyful if you didn't already, how could you not know they, they you, your your logo has to be like this huge uh, square with your title like there's really uh, there's guidelines for your logos um, so you you already know the title of this is joyful you may not know is that it is a raw journal by me of the mindful revolution which i feel going on and i see everywhere and i like to give accounts of of things in the news that will make you think uh, of mindfulness and of meditation and of some of these other what what used to be seen as holistic like a like kind of a divisive term holistic like not meaning like conventional or traditional but holistic um you know what i'm talking about you know um it's not witchcraft it's not voodoo um maybe some of maybe some of those things do have really redeeming uh qualities that do intersect with what i'm studying a little bit i don't rule anything out at all um, and that's one of the cool things about the mindfulness revolution is that nobody has to be uh, excluded, ruled out. Everybody who starts opening their minds to, to mindfulness, <laughs> uh, they are welcomed and they find an infinite number of ways that you can heal, be healthy, improve, be happier and be more. You got it joyful joyful and joyful people tend to spread some damn joy um so the more the more of uh people that are are going to catch on to this the more joy is going to be spread it's going to be exponential it's going to be amazing you'll see it's not going to be this negativity forever that uh some people are are focused on but quite a lot of us are just being uh Man, it's it's really becoming an archaic thing to be uh, grudge, grudge-filled, uh, blaming, self-loathing, hating, fearing. Those things are done. If you blame anybody for anything, if you complain that um, you know the government is the reason. For for your unhappiness or the reason for war or that this religion or that religion is like the bad if you're like really fired up and complaining about those things there's so many people that are <sighs> that have stepped towards the light that that don't do that anymore and we just want you to do the same thing Please, you're not being judged. I have been a really fiery bastard. I have said comments on Twitter and, and um, 
you know, anything else, sharing like these articles and really just voicing my opinion about things and being like this group of, it's always about a group too. These, these like labeled groups, you know, it's cause of the Gibberals or the Flimibrats, you know, um, it, it's these groups, um, the cops, you know, the Jews, <laughs> everything, the, um, the Muslims, it's the freaking Muslims, man. If, oh, oh, you know, if it wasn't for the, um, you know, the wealthy people, if it wasn't for the well, the greedy, wealthy people, you know, these are all like, this is all bitching. And, I, you know, <laughs> it's the past. It can be your past. And it feels so good to not be involved in that. And it, it like, part of me, it's really hard to just completely stifle your whole ego. But that's one of the goals is mastering your ego when realizing how it's built why you need to feel like you think you need to feel, um, why why you think the things that you immediately impulsively think, you start to be able to kind of dismantle that ego, and it, it, some of it's going to be there. So definitely, some of it is there for me. Your your sense of um, self esteem or pride or or identity can be really bound up in uh, in what becomes the ego. So mine is, I do want to tell the people that complain a lot and blame other people, I want to, I want for them to feel silly, you know? I want for them, I want to say that that's really an inferior mindset that you have there to be, a, to be dedicated to problems of the world rather than possibilities and solutions and, and the past rather than what you're doing today and tomorrow. Um, it's not a very smart way to be. Don't, don't complain. This is my only complaint in the whole world is about complainers. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and that's it. I won't complain about complainers anymore. I got it captured forever on this, this, uh, world famous podcast that I do. It's, uh, been, it's out there. It's emblazoned across, uh, the history of, of time space that I have complained and that complaint was about complainers done Dunsky. all right well I, I wasn't going to do this episode I actually um I forgot it was Tuesday for a while and uh I, I stayed up with with Jack so so long I mean he was just hilarious he was so much fun to play with and it's like you, you you keep entertaining these these kids, and Jack is my one and a half year old son. And um, goodness God, that can be fun. <laughs> the the like the 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 amount of uh, just silliness and wonder and happiness with every like little surprising thing, like you do. It's like a game. Try to do something he didn't expect. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, I wasn't expecting that at all. That's hilarious. Um, it's, it's really funny that kids get over things that, that you think that they're funny. Oh, man, he loves it when I do this. Let me do it again. And the kid gets over it. You got to keep them. Got to keep them guessing. And uh, that, that, can probably, that can probably be applied to uh, a, lot of, a lot of areas of life. Um, a lot of areas of life. 
but that's why I kept him up so late. And, uh, you know, he finally went down after just tons of fun. And now I, I realize, you know what? The whole time I was cleaning up after some stuff, uh, I'm drinking wine and slow, completely slowing my vibration down to virtually nothing. And then I realized, damn, I didn't get an interview. I didn't have time to do this earlier. I better pump myself up. I better, is there any coffee left in that pot? And there's like a little bit of, of uh, coffee left from what I made this afternoon. Not much at all, but I drank that straight out of the freaking pot. Um, coffee pots are referred to as, um, ah, there's a word for it. There's a word for it. It's one of those words that like, wh why does that exist? Why don't you just call it a coffee pot? Um, anyway, I drank that out of that, tried to get my heart rate up a little bit. And then a few um, big breath practices from what I've been learning in Tai Chi and some yoga. And then, damn, about, I don't know how long of practicing this djembe drum. I'm trying to get better at playing this drum. I don't know if you can tell. Can you tell? Can you tell I'm getting better? A little by little. If I practiced, um, man, if I practiced acting that much, I probably would have been a little more successful. Well, I did practice a lot. I practiced a ton. Just not with the same, not the same like laser focus as you have to have when you're practicing like a musical instrument. Ah, drinking tea now. I decided not to make coffee. And uh, while I was in there, I thought so many things about what this this episode should be about. And and I, I was like, all right, that should should it be a story? Why why did this come into my why should it be about old Petey Muldoon? Uh Petey Muldoon that me and my brother used to know from the neighborhood when I was in the like fourth grade and Ty was in the maybe sixth grade or something. Um, that's funny. That story would uh, come into my mind. So this is not going to be the, the episode about old Petey Muldoon. I can't even really remember anything about him except his name, Peter Muldoon. And I think he was Irish. I think he was Irish. Um, he was the first... That's it. The mongoose bike. He was the first kid like you know, that we knew that had this sweet new mongoose bike that had a rotor. You could, you could twist the handlebars on this thing around now and the cable, the brake cables would not get tangled up. That's what made it like a legit freestyle bike. And uh, man, he had that green mongoose that everybody just wanted. Old Petey Muldoon with his green bicycle. Um, so that's it. Thank you for listening so much. And, uh, so sorry that nothing else came to me, but um, that's it. But at least I, I did it, so, you know. Oh, the other, <laughs> there is actually part of this podcast episode that I was going to get into, and that's just going back along, like half of it was going to be catching you up on what I did in my life. Um, and the other half was going to be following along briefly the chakra journey. As you know, if you listen to like the chakra episode, I said I am extremely pumped, extremely pumped about uh, 
taking a, a voyage to unblock, heal, cleanse, uh, open up all seven of the chakras. And to catch you up on that, I, just, I did a summary of the first one. Uh, overall summary of the chakras is chakra is a Sanskrit word, um, which is an ancient Indian language, meaning disc or wheel. And it now it has been used in those terms of, of that there are seven areas where your life force is uh, connected to the universe. And these are these seven different wheels of, of, of energy and portals from your soul to like the rest of the universe. These are portals that are uh, best thought of as energy wheels. And the first one, uh, it starts from the lowest one all the, and going from like the base of your spine through your body to the top of your crown. And um, it's pretty fascinating. Somebody I talked to said, if you know the physiology of like where nerves are throughout the spine and the, uh, the brain stem and the, I guess the, the cerebral cortex or whatever it is, um, you actually see in seven areas these round areas where there are concentrations of certain types of nerves. I don't know if that's true, but I am going to pedal it out on you all as if it is fact. Um, It sounds like one of those things that just nerves are so complex you can interpret it that way if you so chose. If you happen to be like an internist... um, or, you know, doctor of nerves and the nervous system and the spine and the brainstem and all of that, and you think that you uh, can either disprove my little thing that I was told or prove it (laughs) somehow, that'd be so awesome if you emailed me at ethan.shareit at gmail.com and you'd said, uh, you know, believe me, there's, there's no seven areas of round nerve, uh, you know, concentrations or the opposite. I'd love to hear either way. Um, so the first chakra is what I summarized a couple episodes ago. And this is the one that grounds you to the earth. It makes you feel like you are natural and like you, like you're right. It's right that you're here and the world is, is here for you. Kind of, it's like kind of a, if you're connected with your first chakra, which is called the muladhara, or most commonly called the root chakra, because it's your roots, it's like a tree's roots, um, the base of your spine. When this is cleared, that means you've been spending time in nature, you appreciate nature, you've thought about your place on this earth, the trees, the, the oceans, the streams, and you feel like you belong. That's when your root chakra is cleared. Now, I didn't get into the second one that much, the second chakra up, this is called the sacral chakra or the svadhisthana. Now this is just below the navel and around the sacrum. Now the physical aspects, this chakra relates to the lower vertebra, the sacrum, the hips, the bladder, and the sex organs. The glands associated are the adrenals. Cortisol and adrenaline are controlled by those glands. Wow, this is a big, a huge one. And they are the ones responsible for the fight or flight response as well as stress. So, when there's balance and harmony in this area, all is well with these physical organs. When we have trouble here, there is also trouble with the svadhasana. 
Svadistana. Uh, so they are inseparable. Let me get some tea so I don't make an error in speaking again. <coughs> Positive energy tangerine tea. If you're curious. Uh, while the first chakra is more about the tribe and connection to the physical world, the second chakra is about moving towards individuality. It's about one-on-one -on -one relationships, but there still is the element of survival and instinct. So this chakra seems for the first time to be like having to do with emotions. It says here, um, <clears throat> it also relates to sensuality, pleasure, sex, and the ethics of relationships. Wow, as well as passion and creativity. It is more complex than the first chakra and develops fully a little later in our life cycle, depending very much on the individual. Um, let's see. There's something I remember reading that I wanted to revisit. It says, for the average person, the sex drive is a very big part of life. It can consume much of our time and emotional power in very subtle ways. And this is neither good nor bad, and only a natural aspect of the way we are born. It is the life cycle. But with awareness and self-inquiry, we can begin to become more conscious of how the energy of this chakra colors our lives and dominates our need for partnership, family, love, and sexual expression. Then we can consciously harness that beautiful energy and transform it into love, joy, and harmony. Hmm. So by knowing everything, we have to work on that. That takes, uh, that makes me feel really good that it takes work because it seems, yeah, it takes work to make that healthy in that area. And that's emotional work, uh, awareness work, and, um, and it's intellectual as well as the physicality of probably doing whatever meditative uh, methods you have to do until it starts to click, until it starts to open up and, and you start to f feel grasped. And like, you should have really good answers for these things. That's when I read this, um, if any part of this is like, man, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Or I don't know if I have a great answer for that. Like if somebody's like, how are you emotionally uh, in your relationships, you know? both friendship and sexual uh, relationships. Are those all perfect for you? <laughs> if you can say, yes, they are, then you don't have any work to do here. But if you're like, hmm, like me, obviously the, the relationship that I, I had is, uh, how do you say it? I don't know, just abruptly vanished. And uh, so nothing that I had done worked. <laughs> well, that didn't work. Um, so I thought I had everything figured out. But I, I, un I have it unfigured out. And so it's going to take the work. And I would encourage you to look into this. You know, the second chakra if you don't have a great answer for this stuff, man. Here's a... Here's one little summary, I think. Here are the questions. 
the questions. The first chakra had these questions too, like a little list of things to meditate upon. Um, so following along the previous exercise from the root chakra, keep your roots firmly in the ground and become aware of the life energy flowing up to the second chakra from the first chakra. These, ki these kinds of questions deserve a little honest introspection. What are my feelings about sex and procreation? Am I comfortable with my sexuality? Um, the first one I answered all of these, so I think I should give a little answer just real quick. What are my feelings about sex and procreation? I honestly, it's hard to shed the stigma when you are raised like Catholic, especially like largely by a Catholic woman. Um, you know, you don't, you have like a sense of shame, like it should be pretty seldom, you know, <laughs> that you, uh, like we're not talking like li lots of partners. I mean, we're talking like you should have one sexual partner <laughs> your whole um, your whole life. And if that marriage has to be annulled for some reason, you know, maybe two sexual partners. So I think that's where the, the that back feeling that like, oh, I shouldn't have, you know, there are things that are out, out of bounds. Like it, it it's, you know, I mean, I'm sure everybody that, that is listening to this knows the type of repression or um, or stifling that occurs with not only like people who raise Catholic, but just lots lots of this uh, Puritan-based, you know, still society that we have. And when I, I think sometimes when people use that word Puritan, they're like really acute. They're like poking their finger and being like, ah, these damn Puritans. No, these are people that mean really well and that are are trying their best. And um, you know, if they're not happy, don't don't blame them for being Puritans. They they didn't come into the world. They didn't just consider all possibilities in the whole universe and then decide upon these repressive types of uh, of judgments and things like that. They, they, this was pushed upon them. They are don't don't blame people for things that have been passed down for God knows how long. Um, <laughs> that's my advice. Please don't blame. I don't like blamers. Um, so I do feel like, I, I really, what I feel like is you should be able to have sex with anybody and, in in everybody from, from as soon as you're like, I, I guess when you're adolescent, I, like I want to teach my son and, and other children if, if I, hopefully I have them. I guess that's one of the questions right there. Yeah, I want more, more children. Um, I want to teach them. That there's a certain emotional aspect like you have that is specific to the time and place, right? So you're helping them navigate not just like some universal when is it okay to have sex, but it's like in society that they're going to be in at that specific time and with what they know, you have to be in tune with them and make sure that they are prepared emotionally and intellectually and, you know, safety-wise, that they're not going to hurt themselves emotionally, scar themselves, and they're not going to hurt anybody else. Like, who is this girl or who is this boy? Um, are they, how attached are, are they to you and do you know what this might, you know, that's the kind of things that we should be really 
like healthy about with this this chakra is um, how do you approach love and sex in a way that's not going to hurt you and I never like when I say I think you should be able to have sex with anybody that really does sound like perfect like hey are you single you're not doing anything tonight let's have sex right now I, I love sex let's do you like sex Hey, when was the last time you had sex? For me, it's been months. You want to do it right now? Like, that's like my ideal conversation. But, <laughs> that's my ideal conversation. Um, but I really want to make sure that nobody else thinks that that's not stepping on anybody's toes. You know? Like, you're not in a relationship, are you? Like, that's the other part of the question. Um, if you're not like I can absolutely if I think somebody's in a relationship it's shut off you know I don't think this might this might happen or should we you know that that would be a completely different type of uh, mentality than I have um that'd be pretty dominant actually be like I'm gonna steal this girl ah I have some feelings don't I um how do I feel about children? <laughs> I just said I'd like to have more uh, children. And I don't want to wait too much longer. Damn. Um, what are my feelings about life and death? It's amazing when you've been rambling and then you read that sentence in the flickering light of a candle. What are my feelings about life and death? Wow. What are my feelings or what are my sentiments that I've like grabbed onto that I think are the best? Like life is precious. Life is precious. Life is precious because it's, whether we're in somebody's game of good and evil or a simulation of evolution, whether we're in some type of a practice scenario for some other thing, it's the only one we can remember. We can't be sure of anything else. We can be sure that we have this life. That's it. And we can have theories. And we can have hopes of how it all ties together. But the one thing you know you have is a life, right? This is what I really feel about it. And holy cow, I thought of this at the gym today for some reason. One of my favorite sayings I've ever read, I didn't read on Instagram. I think it was written on, a, on one of those bulletins outside of the men's and women's room at like a, at either a gas station or a dive bar along, along the interstate and in I think Virginia, somewhere in the South, Tennessee or Virginia. And uh, somebody had written don't ask what did they 
how did they phrase it? Don't try to find out what makes you happy. Find out what makes you alive and feel alive. I think it's find out what it what makes you feel alive. That's a better question, right? Let me try and do the whole thing. And this was scribbled on some piece of paper or or the wall itself. I can't remember. Don't try to find out what makes you happy. Try to find out what makes you feel alive because what the world needs is more people who are truly alive. And that's what I feel about life. I feel like we are squandering it if we do not feel fully alive and we are not helping uh, right on the edge of that life. And uh, I think helping is, is a big thing for me too. Helping. I think that we are supposed to help in this life. I feel like that's the only reason to have reason. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Is, is to figure out how to help. How to make things better. Uh, that was my feelings about life and death. And death is... That's the reason that life is, is so important. I guess they go hand hand in hand. In what ways am I unique as an individual? In what ways am I unique as an individual? Okay, so I guess I got to consider that, and you do too. Um, so not just like I'm a person alive, as the root chakra would have you study and focus on, but how are you different? A little bit of so that's the shift. The second chakra allows you to be somewhat of, of a more individual. This is so interesting and freaking awesome because what about when we get to the top, all the way to the crown of the head chakra? What, I mean, all of these things are gonna kind of build on each other. It's, I'm excited about doing this. But gotta fo stay focused on the second, the Svadasthana. <laughs> In what ways am I unique as an individual? Jeez, the places that we go, uh, who we've, who we've had teach us, who we've learned from, who we've observed, where we've done it. These are all, these all make us have such a unique set of, of talents and, and experiences and possibilities. So freaking many possibilities of different combinations of things that you could have experienced. And uh, with me, I'm, I'm really trying to get in touch with individually look at some of the places I've been it, I, I know exactly what I can contribute and what is not being contributed into the world right now and that's kind of what I'm doing with this this podcast I guess I'm using a podcast to do it first you know gotta start someplace and you know I think that's important what do you do? What, what has made you the individual that you are? And is that important? I think it's super important. Very, very, very significant for you to think about that. Because that's what you're, you're going to be offering other people. Is the uniqueness of you. And the reason we have communication is so they can dig on that. You know? So I can say, oh, I see. Thank you for explaining that to me. Wow, yeah, I appreciate your differences, your individuality. Really. 
um, what is really important and what is just trivial. Yeah, a lot of things are... Did I already do this? Man, I hope I didn't do this in another episode. This would be such a waste. Um, but it's all right. It's for a good reason, right? That was a little negativity that came out. That's interesting. Am I creative? How can I be more creative? Yeah, how can you be more creative? Think outside of the box. Throw away an idea and explore another idea. Uh, is the universe creative? Is it destructive? What does that mean to me? I totally did this before, and I answered creative. I remember distinctly doing that. Um, this episode seems like it's probably better than, than that one, though. I think we're getting more out of this one. You and me, Brian. Um, thank you for listening, I should say, Brian. I haven't said it yet. Uh, so, meditating on this chakra and the issues surrounding it can have a very profound impact on your health and balance. This area in the body is a storehouse of creative life energy and vitality. It's like a deep well that can be accessed. Hmm. Feel the energy circulating around your lower back and tummy. And I'm wig- How can you read this without wiggling around? Feel the energy circulating around the lower back and tummy just beneath the navel. Keep your attention focused on this area and visualize a bright stream of energy pooled there, ready to rise up and revitalize your entire system. Let it connect with all that exists, all that is alive and all that is vital. Set the energy free by untangling your worries and regrets your fears and insecurities. Joyfully accept your natural sexual nature without being completely dominated by it. Allow the creative energy to dance and move with joy. Oh yeah, you're a passionate dance of energy. You are pure, vital joy. Embrace it, love it, be it. Yeah! You're... Dude... Every now and then, this guy writes a sentence like that, and you just want to read it over again. Allow the creative energy to dance and move with joy. You're a passionate dance of energy. You are pure, vital joy. Embrace it. Love it. Be it. You're a passionate dance of energy. You are pure, vital joy. That's what you are. Everything else that's not that is some artificial bullshit that has been applied upon you by stresses that are not understood. And not understood yet is the good news. If you feel like there's some people that are vital, beautiful dances of passionate energy and that feels so foreign to you, man, I just beg you to have faith and say, I can, let me try this. Maybe there's some cool, maybe there's some possibility to this that everybody has this in them. Everybody has it in them. That's what the study of the chakras is. It's like, this is way older than you, way older than probably whatever religion you think you have. 
figured out. This is very, very ancient and very long-lasting study of life. This applies to all of us. Um, but I don't want to preach at you. I just want to tell you that I think this will feel good to say I do have this this pool of energy. Let me figure out the let me figure out why I don't feel this. Let me meditate. There are there are reasons I might not feel this. Dang, people. Embrace it. Love it, be it. But I say it takes work, you know. It may not take that much work for some of us. It may just take a little bit of doing, a little bit of exercise to stay right on that just amazing place. And that's ideally what I want to get to. And I don't think I'm too far from it. I mean, listen to the way I talk. I'm not like somebody shutting this stuff out. I'm like fully embracing it. Um, and I want to do more. I'm even fully embracing the possibility that I, th- I may give myself too much credit. You know, um, I need it. I want it. The color of this chakra is orange. The musical note is a D. Uh, frequency, I mean, who knows that? 288HZ. And the vowel is ooh. 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 All right, so that's the second part of, uh, of each offering on, on my podcast is one half of it is like kind of personal and the other half is a study of something um, that I'm learning, this being the chakras. And I guess the, other, th- the third half of this should be something in the news that because I, I really want to pump you up on the fact that I'm, it's not just me. Like, I'm a guy with a full-time job, a toddler, and this immense passion of my other job as an actor. Like, all this stuff going on. And I go, you know, and I I love sports. I used to really love sports. So I used to dump a lot of my time into, like, watching football and basketball and all that. Um, But still, it has come across my attention how huge this stuff is getting. All right, so here's the article. I think it was Newsweek on May 2nd of this year. It was this year. And it said that it was an article about CrossFit and Tai Chi. And this article was about, like, it had several, like, Harvard studies. There's this center for, like, Tai Chi and Qigong Tai Chi and however you say Qigong, uh, there's like 10,000 essays of Harvard um, students and, and doctors about the benefits of Tai Chi. Like 10,000 plus essays about this. Like massive, massive uh, amounts of really intelligent people have dedicated their time into like detailing how great Tai Chi is for you. And because, and they go into the mindfulness aspect of it. Um, They said, I think the title of this article, if you want to look it up, it's, I think it's why Tai Chi is better for you than CrossFit 
or why you need to do Tai Chi and not CrossFit or something like that. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know how big CrossFit is. That's been around for years now, and uh, and it's like this big money maker really i mean it does it changes people's lives yeah and that's the cool thing about it that's what i'm trying to make you think that this mindfulness uh wave is meditative like it's really normal in big time publications now to talk about the meditative um healing you know uh results that people are getting from doing these slow concentrated movements that allow their mind to enter a state of like awareness of itself. And this is like in major publications this month of this year. So that's why I'm saying I sense this revolution happening and I sense it revolutionizing the entire world, starting out with the, the good United States of America here. And, and we can be the, the leaders and say, I'm in. I kind of believe this guy, Ethan, and I, I'm not, I'm not uh, new to this either. And I realize now it is a revolution. I'm in it. There's nothing better to do with your time than propel that revolution. Share it how you can. Don't scare anybody away now. When I say share it, I, I don't go sharing this with everybody. I'm, I'm doing this because this is a platform that you chose to listen to it. That's like different. I'm not... Like in my personal life, I don't go and try and convince anybody of anything. Like this is you kind of asking me a question and me answering. So I hope you realize that difference. And now I do because it, it just occurred to me that there is a difference. Um, but share in that, in that type of way that if somebody asks you the question, you know, somebody asks you a question and, sh and you can share with them your joy. And... <laughs> And if they're really happy, ask them how they're happy. That's another part of mindfulness is, uh, is understanding other people and bringing, bringing awareness that others can share with you into your life. It's huge. I wonder if you can tell that I'm rocking like back and forth in my semi-lotus position. I think that I time it so that my, my face is always right by the microphone exactly when I'm talking, so you probably don't know. Um, anyway, that's, so that's the third part of the episode is the mindfulness revolution. It's happening. It's big. I, I, I read something with like a few minutes, uh, you know, on Google news, I, I pull up something every single day. Um, and the other thing was just what's happening with my life, which is the biggest thing is I resigned from my job today. No, yesterday, yesterday. So yesterday, uh, I resigned from my job first thing in the morning. And it's felt amazing to do that. And more and more things are happening that are the result of like transforming and welcoming a transformation in my life to pursue what is good and not what is needed in a land of scarcity. <laughs> Sounds better to pursue what is good and and try to have joy and spread joy. That sounds better to me than like uh, occupy myself with the comp competitive nature of lacking overall resources. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Thank you for listening to this if you did at all. I love doing it. Well, thank you. I'm going to play a little more drum.